heard that the Talica boys were gonna play some heavy shit tonight. Welcome to another episode of Metal Tales from the Road. I'm Ethan Luck, and we got Dave Farrar on the house today. And the reason Dave's here is because he's a patron. And guess what? If you're a patron, you get access to cool shit like this. Everyone knows this at this point, right? We don't we, we don't have to keep saying it, but I think we kind of do. It's a lot of cool stuff happening over there. And if you sign up for Patreon, you get to choose a show you've been to, past or future, and come on the show and talk about it and talk about your Metallica story. So be sure to go over to uh, patreon.com slash podcast and it'll, we'll make it happen at some point. So Dave Ferraro, thanks for being here. Good morning. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm excited. Heck yeah, man. Uh, I'm excited as well. And uh, I'm excited to talk about the show and hear your story and all that good stuff. I know we've uh, obviously conversed a ton over the years and stuff like that. You're a, a bit of an OG. I, I think so. <laughs> I, I don't go all the way back to 81, but pretty damn close. So, right. Uh, or, or even an OG with a little bit of an OG with the podcast. Oh, yeah, that too. But I got in during your third year. Yeah. The summer the summer before the Nashville party is when I started listening. The last one that I was at. At a certain point, it just it doesn't seem like th- like you know year three seems like way longer ago so i think at a certain point i'm i'm my og meter keeps getting pushed up and up <laughs> it's like oh you got on the you ride in you... january of 2021 you're old school <laughs> yeah what the heck it, uh, exactly as long as the ch- as long as the uh the payments go through <laughs> perfect man well we appreciate it as always <laughs> and to anyone else that's a patron we we, we greatly appreciate it uh it's it's allowed us to do so many things with the podcast that we never expected to do by you know giving things back to people and all that stuff. I've got a, a pile full of Melody Podcast picks in front of me right now that are going out to people who left reviews. We'll probably give some of those to patrons. We'll see, man. Yeah, I got some coming my way because I guess Clint's tattoo that he didn't totally hide. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, totally. There, you know, I, I saw that when he blacked it out, and there you can see the little ends of the M sticking out. Of course, I knew what it was already, so it was easy, but. It was amazing how many people didn't get it, and uh, I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, "I know what that is." Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, yeah, man, those those picks. Uh, Clint started sending some out. I'm going to send some out this week, and uh, and I and you know, as people will hear on the on the current episode, we're going to be doing a uh, middle podcast patches for uh, people leaving positive reviews in August. So the, I guess oh, I, cool. I still have a, a bunch of sheets full of patches. We got to got to give nice. them to the people. Is that your new ninja star on the wall behind you? That is, man. Yeah, that's from Jeff Fireball right there. Yeah. Uh, probably a dangerous place to hang it so high up, and I literally just hung it on a screw. So eh, There won't be anybody walking under that by the looks of it. Uh, so. I mean, no, you'd have to sit on top of my little record case right there. Right. To... Now, if you are <laughs> sitting there and there's a, 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 you know, a random earthquake in Tennessee, which shouldn't happen but then you it, might it, it, you might get stabbed in the head with that thing yeah after the last year would an earthquake really surprise you not really uh <laughs> and it wouldn't bother you wouldn't necessarily bother me being from being from southern california but uh nashville isn't necessarily prepared for earthquakes we'll say no i i felt two like little tremors in my life and it's weird as hell but for you you probably got whatever oh dude i can i can't tell you how many earthquakes i slept through growing up you know i'd wake up yeah i turn the news on it's like there was a 4.8 earthquake last night and i was like oh didn't feel that one but there's (laughs) definitely ones that will wake you up you'll it, it literally feels like someone is just rattling your bed and it's just the craziest rumble sound and yeah, just get in the doorway or whatever, but, uh, and cross your fingers. It's a trip. You know, I'll, t- I'll, I'll say this. I'll take earthquakes any day over tornadoes, which we have here, obviously. And, uh, especially, you know, the one last year that got way too close to my house. Um, other yeah. than that, you know, earthquakes, I'll take earthquakes all day. Has everything been uh, rebuilt more or less? From For that? the most part. Yeah. But there, I mean, there's still uh, obvious damage around my neighborhood. Um, 
you know, certain buildings over in an area called Five Points in East Nashville where it's some stuff it's torn down, but it's just rubble. And they're just, I mean, Nashville is so busy with construction and stuff. I'm sure it's really hard to move, you know, move fast with rebuilding your business and stuff like that. But a lot of stuff is getting rebuilt. Sure. Uh, some, some stuff that has been rebuilt, reopen all that stuff. Um, at the end of my street, there's still like a couple of houses just missing. You know, they're just, they tore them down and hauled it off and they haven't built, rebuilt a house yet. Um, so it's, That's it's weird. You, you can definitely, I'm reminded of it still like every day, even the, just like the, the skyline of my neighborhood, like the tree line down the hill yeah. from me is like gone. You know, it's like, they used to be <laughs> these huge tall trees right there and they're all just gone now. So, um, yeah, it's yeah, it's weird. weird. I don't want to have to do that again. But <laughs> no, no, let, let's hope you don't. If it was up to me for a tornado to hit my street again, I would say no. I would say no, I'm good. Thank you. Right. Go, go next door down the road around the block. Thanks for the <laughs> offer, but I think we've, we was too, too close last time. Um, yeah. <laughs> Well, man, let's uh, let's dive into your uh, your Metallica story. Well, you know when you got into the band, you know first record you bought, first song you heard, all that kind of stuff. Uh, inquiring yeah. minds want to know. I so I was in fourth grade, so it was the springtime of '86, and some dude brought a, like a, a a cassette to school, and it was "Kill 'Em All." So the very, very first note of Metallica that I ever heard was Anesthesia. Wow. Which is, you know, it's a hell of a great way to start. And then, you know, Anesthesia into Whiplash. And I was just like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> I was, I, right away, I was sucked right in. Especially in fourth grade. Yeah. The, yeah. It, my extent of music was, you know, mom's old Neil Diamond records. And, you know, there wasn't, I wasn't in a house where music was playing all the time. It was just kind of found that my own way to whatever sounded cool. Yeah. And I heard that. And then if I like, I listened to that cassette a lot and I got kind of familiar with it, but then I kind of just, you know, I was 10 years old or whatever. I moved away from it and just kind of forgot about it for a little while. And then I remember very clearly seeing in the newspaper at the end of September that with the when Cliff had passed. And I remember seeing that and I was just like, Oh, that's that band. That's that guy. Like I didn't have a real connection to it, but sure. I remembered it was that band. So then I kind of dove back into it. And then I kind of got away from Metallica for a couple of years. And then like appetite for destruction came out the following year. Yeah. And then like late 87, early 88, I really started getting back into Metallica a lot. And it's kind of been the same ever since. That's so cool, man. It's especially at such a young age. I mean, uh, yeah, it seems like we're probably very similar in age. And, you know, I, I first heard them obviously a little bit later, maybe in 88, 89. Um, but what a trip for your first thing to hear as a fourth grader is anesthesia. So then, yeah, then it started, like I remember Justice came out uh, I think Justice was the first album that I bought, the first Metallica album. It was either that or I went back and got Lightning. I don't really remember. Right. But when Justice came out and the one video, like that was when it really took hold. And I was just like, oh, wow. Like these guys, this is awesome. Like I couldn't stop listening to it. Yeah, for sure. Like, well, and also putting, you know, you know, putting, putting these guys faces to the music you've been listening to, you know, cause you know, when I was that young, I wasn't really buying, like, I don't think I started buying like hard rock magazines until probably I'd say sixth or seventh, eighth grade. Yeah. You know, so probably the same. I don't know what, you know, these dudes look like. I just remember seeing the one video being like, Oh my gosh, this is just scary. And, but I love it, you know? Yep. Yep. A hundred percent. It was, um, so yeah, justice changed a lot. And then, you know, then the Black Album obviously just was everywhere. Oh, yeah. And at the time, and at the time, like, you know, Enter Sandman, it was just a cool song. It wasn't, I never had the, you know, they sold out thoughts or feelings or any of that crap. It was just a cool record. And yeah. it was, you know, and then when the video, uh, Year and a Half in the Life came out, that just, I mean, it's just everything from that point on, like, it really just got bigger and bigger and bigger in in my world mm -hmm. and you know that i just couldn't wait to see him yeah for sure man yeah. and, and I, i'm like you know a lot, a lot like you where 
I wasn't the true in the early eighties, you know, maybe if I was like a teenager in the early eighties or something, it would have been different if I was discovering that music. But yeah, the yeah. Black, black album to me was just like, Oh my gosh, this is, this thing is, it sounds amazing. The songs are cool. Like I didn't care. Like, you know, at that point, you know, I, I know the first CD I ever bought was just, or I'm sorry, uh, puppets, but you know, the first new Metallica record I got was the Black Album. You know, when that came out, it was like I got the cassette of it. And, that you know, that might have been the first Metallica album I actually bought in any format was the Black Album on cassette. But I was already into them from other friends and stuff. And then when I started buying CDs, that's when I bought Puppets. But, but yeah, it didn't matter to me. Like, you know, I, like I didn't care that it was with this big producer that did Motley Crue or they spent way longer on it, more money on I, it or anything. I didn't, I didn't even know what any of that meant at that time, really. Yep, totally. Like, you know, it was just, it sounded awesome. But that's, you know, that's kind of a, a, a tale that's been, that's been probably overtold for so many decades at this point is, you know, the whole sellout argument. It's just it, crap. It, it's, it's just total crap. It's just tired, man. You know, it, you know, I, I remember that same kind of thing happening when I was in high school with, with Green Day and them signing to, you know, a major label and stuff like that. And like most bands there, you know, you start off as a band, you want people to hear your music. You know, I'm 42 and I still want people to hear my music. You know, if I got the opportunity to sign to a label, even just for my instrumental stuff, and, and it meant more people could hear my, the music I've created down here in my studio, then great, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm sure there's, you know, we could sit down and talk about, you know, legitimate ways people have sold out and things like that, you know, um, and maybe abandoned who they were just for money and stuff like that. But I I mean, sure. I don't think that's Metallica or green. I mean, green day, you know, for example, shoot, they had most of the songs written for Dookie. They would have, you know, recorded them on their label at the time, you know, but, um, somebody would have recorded it and put it out. Exactly. It just, it just happened to become one of the biggest selling records in the nineties. Uh, but who cares? It's still a great record. I, I saw them in 1994 and that was uh it was a cool show. That was it the was, year, man. Yeah. That was like the, yeah. the the re-explosion of punk. You mean, you know, that between that and Offspring Smash, you know, getting huge, it was just like holy crap, you know, then it kind of helped bands like Rancid who has already been around like get more exposure and all that stuff and kind of opened the door on a lot of that 90s punk rock stuff which I, I I'm a huge fan of. Sure, sure. So yeah, so I mean, Justice opened the door, then the Black Album, then I went back and you know got really familiar with Master of Puppets, which to this day that's still that that's my album. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the one for me. That that'll never never be equaled by anyone in my opinion. Right. Uh, and you know, and then the '94 was the first time that I saw Metallica on the the shit hits the shed like at the end of the black album tour yeah and that that just i mean that just kind of changed everything i was like holy shit like these guys are just amazing and it's just progressed ever since sure and then just when i thought i couldn't be any more of a fan along comes metal up your podcast (laughs) (laughs) and that's it's yeah it's just great it's great you're like oh there's there's other super nerds like me out there that's yeah. My wife uh, was having a, a couple of laughs at my expense last night because I was writing, jotting down some notes from the show and yeah. you know for today. And she's like, "You're such a nerd." I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> it's how it is, man." I mean, that's listen. Yeah. I, I think podcasting in general, maybe not so much anymore, but it was kind of this nerdy thing, like uh, in a way, kind of an underground thing. I mean, I remember hearing about podcasts even as far back as like oh five oh six, but never really cared or knew what they were, and then you know starting getting into them maybe like seven, eight years ago. And I'm realizing like, man, like just depending on what you're a fan of, there's probably a podcast out there for it. And it's, and it's essentially just like, you know, you're, you're, you have these little groups of nerds that are like, Oh, I'm into, you know, guitar repair. They're okay. There's probably a podcast for that. You know, I'm into D and D or Fortnite or the Rubik's cube and whatever you can probably think of it. And there's probably a podcast for it. So that's, what's cool about, you know, what we've, we created and didn't know what it was going to become but yeah it's just cool that people like yourself are, are along for the ride and, and and found our little our little clubhouse yeah yeah a friend told me about it and i actually got a guy that i work with just last week just started listening oh nice so he's um he went back to episode one he, he came to me yesterday and he goes and he brought up the the outlaw tour <laughs> you're like dude don't worry he's 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 been vindicated 
Yeah, I'm like it's still going on a little bit, but it it gets it, they get past it finally a couple of years later. I think one of my favorite moments in in editing these episodes was when I got to insert clips of Morgan Freeman talking about being a free man from Shawshank Redemption <laughs> because <laughs> because of, of of me finally re- being released from uh, Outlaw Torn Prison. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Lars. It was it was a good moment for sure. So where were, as far as the '90s is concerned, since we're, we were kind of on that uh, era in talking with Green Day and stuff like that, at, at that point you saw them in '94. How were you feeling about Load and Reload at that time in your life? I so well, Load was a couple of years after that. I remember hearing um, "Until It Sleeps" or yeah, I think "Until It Sleeps" was the first song I heard from that era. And same thing, like obviously it's different. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, Ride the Lightning or Blackened or, you know, it's not that, but I, I thought it was cool. The, there's still, I listen to more of it now, for sure. Right. Um, I, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't in part because of Clint. Sure. Same um, with me, yeah. But, yeah, but, I mean, they're not, they're still not my go-to albums, but I listen to them a lot more now right there, there's some really really cool stuff on those records for sure man so. yeah i mean that's that, that's you know the beauty of of, of having a, a group like this within the podcast is you know everyone's got their era everyone's got their favorite records this and that you know but i feel like us as hosts and also people as fans and listeners have, have we've all turned each other on to different things whether even outside of metallica you know you know when we've played songs on radio episodes and things like that um but you know i'm 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 in the same boat as you where like I wasn't a huge fan of load and reload until we started doing this podcast and, and dissecting the records ourselves, doing full episodes on them, track by track, all that stuff. And I'm like, man, there's a lot of really good stuff on these records. Right. I've been missing out for twenty years or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Absolutely. And even for, even friends I have that were like trues. Jeff Firebaugh, who made the ninja star behind me, I mean, he he told me the same thing one day. He's like, Man, I downloaded Load and Reload, and I'm at work, and I, I put Metallica's entire catalog on shuffle, and those songs will come up, and I'm, I'm he's like, I'm enjoying all of them for the first time in my life. I'm yeah. Like, That's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I mean, Outlaw, Outlaw Torn, I, I, it's since, honestly, I think it was probably S&M 2 that get, when, the, when it finally got released, and I could watch and see what I saw when I was in the room, mm-hmm. James's performance, like what he had to have been going through in his mind at that point, knowing that he was going to go away right. very shortly after that. And just, you could just see it. Like the, the I don't know what, if, if it's just a mo- pain or whatever the hell he was feeling, right. just poured out of him. And that was uh, that. That was powerful. It was really, really powerful. And yeah. that, that my love for that song in particular, and that version of it, even is just like off the charts. It's so for good. Sure. So yeah. so good. Yeah, it's really good. I remember when when the S and M two vinyl showed up and that song came on. I was just like, man, this sounds so good. Even seeing you know, me and me and, me and Paul went out in the theaters together, and man, yeah, was, I went myself. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome, man. I mean, we we went like well, on one of the earlier showings that day, and I remember just. And then, and that was a different mix from the final, you know, record. It, it's even better, and it sounded so good in the theater, man. It was like, man, Greg Fiddleman and his team just killed it. And 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 mm-hmm. also, it, I think their talents is, you know, uh, the on the production side of things and mixing and mastering. I think only exacerbate how good James's performance was on a lot of that stuff. Yeah, oh yeah, and the Unforgiven Three too. I mean, that was just it was crazy good, crazy good. Yeah, it was so and, cool. I want to mention real quick because today, I don't know when this is going to come out, but it is Tuesday. It is a Tuesday and August third, and I know for a fact that he's going to be listening to this. So happy birthday, James Hetfield! Happy birthday, James! <laughs> uh, it, it, well, he's going to hear it uh, probably four or five weeks from now. <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> we've been we've been recording a bunch of these, and, and we're pretty we're pretty backlogged in a good way. That's what that was the goal was like. Let's start knocking these out. Then we don't sure. have to worry about it. They just come out, you know. Um, rather than you know every week trying to schedule somebody, it's like we're just kind of scheduling them now. And and you know sometimes we'll do three or four in one week. Uh, oh wow, stuff That's like that, lot. you know. 
and they're not, you know, these are these are these are pretty chill for us because it's not like an old episode where there's like a bunch of research or me and Clint have to get together. It's just you know we're doing this by ourselves, and you know these are usually you know forty five minutes to an hour, so it's right, just like hanging out, you. hanging out, talking to a, an old friend. Yeah, man, <laughs> a frozen friend because your your video is still. Frozen. I don't I don't even know how the hell to <laughs> like I'm playing around here. I don't even know how the hell to fix this. The way that uh, the way that it froze makes it look like I just said something that you're like, uh, I'm not sure I feel about that. Yeah, that's, I have that image on my screen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so moving on, um, I'm curious. At this point, this is a common thread with people who have been Metallica fans for a long time. A lot of people didn't have other friends to talk to about this kind of stuff and, and share this music with. It sounded like something you know you did early on in elementary school with someone introducing you to kill them all in the fourth grade. Did that continue well, on throughout the years of being a fan? Like it just, you had buddies that yeah, you listened to it. Well, kind of when I got into uh, middle school, our middle school and the high school, because I was in such a small town, it was a regional. So there was three towns in our yeah. school. So when I got to seventh grade, I met uh, who became my best friend, Randy and Randy Watson. <laughs> Randy Watson. <laughs> it was not Randy Watson. It's a bummer. <laughs> sadly, sadly, um, you'll settle for another Randy. Yeah, yeah. Randy Kinney. He, he was my best friend for a lot of years, and uh, he passed away in '05. Oh, sorry to hear that. Uh, which thanks. Um, but so I met Randy, and he's the one that I ultimately ended up starting my first band with. He was a guitar player. And same thing. He he was big. He was probably more into them at the time than I was. Yeah. In Metallica. And but we started playing guitar at about the same time. And I remember we'd get home from school and we'd call each other on the phone and literally just, hey, I just learned this riff and put the phone down and play something. Like yeah. I just learned fade to black or and it was that. And then it just took it. You know, so he and I, the first time I saw them, he, he and I went together. So that was, that was pretty cool. That's cool. That's very special too. And, and, uh, yep. I'm sure a very fond memory of your friend, Randy, who passed away. And, uh, yeah, and yeah, man, that was the, that was the first and only time he ever saw them. Yeah. Um, well, that's cool. That's I, so cool that you got to be there with him. Yep. Yep. And so, so he, he filled that void for a while. Yeah. And then it's been since then since before you guys came along i never i didn't have that that real true like dude uh james did an interview today like i didn't have that to anyone to talk to yeah sure at least that in depth you know people were metallica fans that love it and then ultimately gets to well everything after justice blows <laughs> right all right, I can't talk to you about this shit. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, shoot, I, I'll still randomly get it, you know, if, if I just, you know, let's say I'm out, I don't know, on vacation somewhere, and I just randomly start talking to somebody on the beach, and they're wearing a Metallica shirt, and the podcast comes up, and they're like, dude, you know, uh, after the Justice record, you know, they fucking sucked, and you know, this and that, it's like, I don't want to talk about that, dude. I, I, mm -hmm. I feel completely different than you do, and I'm, I'm not going to convince you here in five minutes, so... Right, right, because then, then it'll turn to Napster and all that other crap, and you're just like, "Oh my God, shoot me now!" It's just like the sellout thing, man. It's just, it's just a, it's a, it's a tired argument at this point. It's like, dude, the Napster thing was 20 years ago. Like, yeah, come on. It's I just tell people go see them. Yeah, go see them live, and then try and tell me that they suck and they sold out. Or if if you don't give a shit about any record after Justice, great. Go listen to those records. That's fine. I still listen to those records. Right. Just so you know, you're missing out on a lot of good stuff, though. Uh-huh. But it's not sure. thrash. Eh. Yeah, spit out the bones, not thrash. Fuck you. There's acoustic <laughs> guitar on Kill 'Em All, everybody. It's like, yep. come on. I, by the way, I love that, I love that they, they didn't get shit for acoustic guitar until Fade to Black, or, or maybe even uh, the, the, the intro to Fight Fire, but there's literally acoustic guitar on the bridge of, of um, I think it's Phantom Lord on Kill 'Em All. <laughs> and yes. like nobody yep. cared back then. And then all of a sudden it's like fade to black. It's like, wait a second, these sellouts. Yeah. Cause it didn't slow down. So they were like, ah, oh, whatever. It doesn't, doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, for sure. 
shoot, the 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 bridge to Four Horsemen is you know the what Clint Clint calls the sweet home, sweet home Alabama part. Uh, that's not that's not really thrashy or medley and stuff like that. But and I've always you got me going on a tangent a little bit here, but I'm always blown away when when people are like you know if they let's say they hear a song like the Outlaw Torn and they're like eh, it's the Metallica this and that it's like. Man, to me, the, there's a lot of the Outlaw Torn that sounds like Black Sabbath to me. The like, who are credited as like the inventors of metal. Yeah. And so for them to do stuff like that, and you say like, "This sucks," it's like, dude, they're doing what Black Sabbath that's done forever. Like, just enjoy it, man. If you don't like it, that's okay. But you know, you don't have to, you know, raise your your true anon flag and get all tore up about it. Go go listen yeah, to that like, shit if you want. If you want to yeah, just, we don't we don't care. <laughs> Exactly. I guess we care enough that we're talking about it right now, but you know, no, the people that are whining about it. Like. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, it's everything like that is just, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, there'll be like a random ad or something on Facebook for Metallica and, and like one of the blacklist tracks, you know, comes out and I, I foolishly all the time just like click on the comment section and it's just, I immediately just get annoyed. I'm like, why do I even click on this? It's so stupid. Like it's going to be the same people that are just, Oh, this isn't this isn't as good as the original. Like, great, it's a cover. Like, calm it's down. Right. No one cares <laughs> right. if you don't like it. And like you said, here we are talking about it. I know. Look, we're, we're we're guilty. Guilty is charged. <laughs> um. Well, cool, man. Well, let's uh let's talk about this Madison Square Garden show from two thousand nine. Let me pull it up here because. Not, yeah, all, not, not all the shows on Metallica's website will have some facts and things like that, but there, there's a bunch on this one. The, this one does. The, there's one fact in particular that I thought was really, really cool was when jump ahead. Well, I'll wait till we get to Fade to Black, but there, there's a really cool uh, factoid about that song on there that you're probably looking at right now. Right, right. Um, uh I'm gonna I'm gonna read a couple of these. I'm gonna skip over that one, but this is this is I'll, I'll read a few here. Uh, this was the 114th show on the World Magnetic Tour and the 88th performance in 2009. Uh, this is second. This is the second show of two nights at uh, the Madison Square Garden. Um, six time overall that they've played Madison Square Garden. It was this is such a random fact right here. This was the I'm gonna read this in a different voice because it it kind of makes sense. <laughs> this was the 57th time that Metallica has performed within 50 miles of Madison yeah. Square Garden. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so random. That's such a like. It's it's like when you, you when they start talking about like weather facts on the news and stuff like that. It's like it, uh, there's a a 46 percent chance that a tornado could strike within 0.78 miles. You know, or it's like stats, <laughs> like baseball stats. Yeah. Like like you know, I'm a big Dodgers yeah. fan. When Vin Scully would call the games and there'd be a timeout or something was happening, he would just wrap off these random facts. You know, uh, back in uh, 1998, uh, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of a funny baseball name player like. Uh, uh, from the 80s no just like a fake one we me and my friends used to do it all the time like um like uh uh like roger ledhand uh he went to (laughs) university of southern california in los angeles and uh, he actually had an era of 263 it's like okay on a (laughs) on a wednesday yeah when he pitched on wednesdays and he came into the game after eight o'clock p.m that's what this fact about this MSG show it just reminds me of. It's so random. Yeah, they definitely dive deep with some of that stuff. Yeah, and I won't really get into um, the rest of the facts just yet, just because there's a, there's there's a couple. Obviously, they talk about some some tracks they've played so in the set list. But yeah, uh, yeah we'll get into it. So let's uh, let's you know kind of walk us through like you know getting to the show, who you went with, uh, if you were by yourself, whatever. Like anything you can uh, memor- yeah, memorable so memorable memories. Yeah, so I'm I'm from Connecticut originally, so I lived just outside of Hartford and drove down with my girlfriend at the time, uh, who, you know, we now refer to her as she who shall not be named fair, <laughs> amongst, fair. amongst my friends. Um, drove down, it's was, it was only like a two-hour drive, and I parked a couple blocks from the garden, and we got a quick bite to eat, and I jumped in line as quickly as I could for the, for the doors. Cause we were on the floor mm-hmm. and got in like super early, right. As soon as the gates opened, we got right in and got right down on the floor and I was right on the rail dead center stage. So it was like perfect in that regard. Yeah. 
And this was my first. So I, I saw them in 04 and I was on the rail technically, but it was over where the, um, like where the walkway is, where the boys come in. Yeah. And then they close it off for the show. So I was on the rail, but it was like in the corner, like not right there. Like right. every so often somebody would come to that little wing and I'd see them. So yeah, I was on the rail, but it didn't really count kind of really. It was weird. But this show, bam, right there. Uh, I, have, I have a handful of pictures that are just mind blowing. Yeah. Like how good it was right there. So I was stoked. Cause that was one of my goals driving down there was got to get on the rail, uh, got to get a drumstick from Lars, which I did. Awesome. And that he actually used, it wasn't one of the throwaways at the end of the show. Yeah, for which, sure. Which is rare. Cause he doesn't throw out a lot of sticks. Yeah. It seems um, like he usually just kind of saves it for the end. I'm sure his drum tech will, will kind of save the ones that he didn't, or that he disposed of during the show right. and hand them to him at the end of the night to give out to fans. Yep. So, but no, they, they, oh, breaking news. They played one at the show. I know that's a, it's Whoa, a deep cut, but that's crazy. they played one. He ended and he got up and walked over towards my side and just lobbed the stick right. Then I grabbed, pulled it right out of the air. I was like, Holy oh, shit. Awesome. That had, been a, that had been a good feeling. <laughs> yeah. And there's video of it because I, I have the show on, uh, I got a bootleg DVD of it and you can see it. Yeah. So that's it's, cool. It's, it's, yeah. <clears throat> so got there super early got in and you know it was kind of it was they have a pretty strict structure with their sets now with them and that's no secret yeah so we knew the first two songs and then uh creeping death after end of the line it was it might be the best live version of creeping death i've ever heard and yes i'm biased because i was right there but <laughs> it's it's pretty awesome. There's a video on the website if you want to check it out later. But yeah. it, it's pretty. It's pretty awesome. That's cool. So, man. And my and my girlfriend was kind of like, "Yeah, we'll, I'll go see Metallica with you." Yeah. <laughs> you <know? laughs> and she's a, she was big into like fish and hippie shit and whatever. But she was like, "Yeah, I'll go." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> it's pretty hippie. <clears throat> yeah. You know, like when, when I got my spot, I was just like, well, I'm going to be here for the next few hours. So if we get lost or separated, I will be right here. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, baby. Uh, they're, they're totally a jam band. You should totally come. <laughs> Everyone that's some yeah. relationship advice, find someone that looks at you the way that we look at James. That's rough. It's my advice. That, to that's you. hard. That's hard to do. I know. It's really tough. Yeah. And, and luckily my wife is, she's nowhere near where I am, but she is, she would classify herself as a fan. Cool. Um, but she's been a trooper the last couple of years. We've traveled all around and she's, she has seen some great shows. Like the four that she's been to have been some pretty cool shows. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. She, are, are you guys have tickets for, uh, for the 40th anniversary shows? Yeah. Uh, both nights. Awesome. I'm, uh, yeah, we we got the tickets for night one, and I, I hope our our touring schedule does not change. Because I hope that works out. That yeah, like it's one thing, you know, we we can't make it to louder than life because we've got a show with Morgan that day. But man, if if I got to miss this 40th anniversary thing, I'm gonna be really bummed out. You know, I yeah, I I'm the speculation that like I can't, I don't even you don't know what the hell they're gonna do. Yeah, no it's, idea. They don't they don't like to repeat themselves, so mm -hmm. it's not going to be a repeat of the 30th. Which would be fine if they did that. Yeah. I think I think people would be, you know, we 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 did some mild speculation on our last uh, latest episode, but um, yeah, even if they did the same kind of format, it's like okay, like it's the same thing, but shoot, this is awesome, I love it. But that's not yeah. Metallica's style, you know. And I think that maybe exactly. that what they did for the 30th anniversary shows was way more fitting that they were in like a small club at the Fillmore, you know. Sure. This is an arena show, so it's going to be big, and 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 I'm really anxious to to see what they do. Yeah, yeah, I'm. I, I can't wait. I just can't wait. Uh, now let's just hope that they actually happen. Right. Yeah. 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 Things are obviously are changing a little bit with you know different you know COVID protocols and variants and all that stuff. I mean, shoot, I'm going to be on the road all fall. I hope everything's cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I Get can't vaccinated people. Yeah. Yeah. Please do. Um, and I'll say, I'll say this, you know, I mean, obviously if you're vaccinated like this other variant, you can definitely get it. You know, my neighbor got yep. it and she's vaccinated, but 
like you know, like what a, what a lot of vaccines are, which I, I hate that people kind of ignore this part of it, is that it's not always a cure. You know what I mean? It, but it's going right. to minimize if you get it. It's going to minimize the symptoms like crazy. My neighbor who got it, she's vaccinated. She's eighty-seven years old. Oof. She got it, and she basically it was like she had a mild case of bronchitis. Sure. She went to her doctor. They tested her. Oh, you you know have COVID again? Not again, but you know as someone is vaccinated, but. I mean, she's 87. She's going to be just fine. You know, if she wasn't vaccinated, yep. I, I, she, she may not be around, you know, so I probably wouldn't. Yeah. My hope is that um, I cannot see and maybe it might vary state by state or county by county, but I can't see them doing a shutdown like they did last year. I think that I think a lot yeah, of people in this country would go crazy and riot. It's not already. It, well, yes, more crazy. Um, but, you know, uh, shoot, I'm fine if they just want to like. Hey, indoor concerts are you had to wear a mask, otherwise you can't come in. You know. Yeah. Okay. T- take it off during the show. You're gonna get kicked out if you won't put it back on. Great. Sign yep. me up. I'm in. I'll I'll mask up. To, I'll mask up while I'm playing on stage. I don't give a shit. I like to stay, <laughs> right. I, right. I, I I am like just now about to start going back to work at, since since March of last year. So I'm please people. I want my job back. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> And we, jo- we we mildly joked, me and people like me and Clint and Paul and stuff, we mildly joked last year, like, oh, yeah, our industry would be the last one to come back. And it was. Yeah. It totally was. Like, like big shows are just now happening, and it's, like, kind of scary, kind of cool. It's, you know, all the Palooza just happened. You know, Green Day's on that massive stadium tour. It's, like, you know, hopefully, hopefully people will be smart and look after one another so we can all enjoy these things once again and not have to worry. That's my hope. That's. That's the yeah. That's the hope right there. Cross your fingers. But there's a microchip in the in the vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> I brought that up. So I have a friend. We'll get off the vaccine talks. I don't want to you know bum people out. I guess. But uh, I have a friend that actually um, is on the board of directors for Pfizer. Oh wow! So so he was he was very educating talking to him well before they came out and all that stuff about you know what's in them effectiveness all this stuff their trial their trials they did for a while and stuff like that um and it was really comforting to talk to someone like him because like i'm not an anti-vaxxer by any means i've just i'm like one of those people that's like if you need it then you should get it and i feel like this in where we are now with everything especially speaking specifically about the music industry it's like this is like a once in a lifetime thing that like okay like i feel like yes i need to do this because if not, yeah. like, there's a, there's a chance that I could go on a tour where they're requiring you to be vaccinated. Like, you know, I mean, shoot, we when, when me and Clint played our first show together with Morgan, you know, we had to we had to send in pictures of our vaccine cards and all that stuff. And it's just how it is. It sucks, but it's like, look, yeah. I don't want to wear a mask. I'm sick of them. But yeah. if, it, if it means I can go see one of the 40th anniversary shows, I'll like I posted on the Discord today. Like, roll me in there in a bubble. I don't give a shit. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> like, I really don't there's really like look, whatever I got to do to see this show or to go back on the road and and have my job back and play some shows, great. I'll, I don't care. Like I mean, when I was still working for Kings of Leon, when we were doing video shoot stuff, I was getting tested like 3 times a day. No swabs like crazy work when I worked a live stream show. It's like it's just okay, cool. That means I can come in here and work. Great. I'm in. Uh-huh. 100%. Couldn't agree more. But anyways, <clears throat> I digress. <laughs> Yeah. So let's see. So where were we? Uh, Creeping death. Sure. Yeah. Creeping death sounds good. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, just a great, great version. So, and this show had one of the reasons I was so excited about this show in particular was there were five songs that I had not seen them play before mm-hmm. and I haven't seen them play since. So, and I've seen them quite a few times now. So were those five, uh, were those five songs, the, the five they played off of Death Magnetic? No, because I saw them in January. Oh, the same year. On this ah, yeah. okay, okay. <laughs> I, sorry, I assume that this was only your second show. Oh, like ever? A second Metallica oh, show. No, no, this was um, this was number 11. Oh, wow, okay, me. okay. Little, little detail that you left out. I just assumed well, this was kinda, the... Yeah, no, we jumped around. So I saw it's so I saw them in '94. Yeah, I saw them in '97, which is the Cunning Stunts leg. Yeah, um, I saw them in '98. That was in the amphitheater when they did the little acoustic set in the middle and all that. Then I saw Woodstock '99, 
and I was at the S&M show that was at Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. Those were both 99. And I saw both summer sanitariums. And then I went to Albany and Boston in 04. Okay. Boston again in 08. And then these two in 09. I Got think it. that's all of them. But yeah, so okay. this was number 11. Yeah, okay, nice. Um, I, at first, I thought that would have been funny if you're like, yeah, there's five songs they played that I hadn't seen before, and it was literally the ones they hadn't played live yet. <laughs> like, ever. <laughs> I mean, for me, the first time I saw them, it was the it, there was there was 18 songs I hadn't seen live yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the, the first of those songs was The Short of Straw. Oh, cool. Which, that, that was a treat. That was a treat because they don't play that often no, really at all. You're right. Um, I feel like there was a little factoid about this. Yeah, this was the third time that the shortest star was performed within 50. Oh, hang on. Hang on. Another, this another was, geography. This was the first time that the shortest straw was performed within 50 miles of MSG. It was last played in the arena uh, on July 29th, 92 in East Rutherford, New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, and there, I, I mean, it was it was raw. I think, if I remember correctly, James had a couple of little like vocal flubs mm-hmm. in the middle, but like like he does, he's a pro. He covered them, and sure, yeah, they they rocked out the song. It was awesome. That's great. Um, and that all right. So one of the really cool facts from this show was fade to black. Um, and I didn't know this at the time. Uh, this was just the second time ever that James played the clean parts on an acoustic guitar. Yeah, yeah. On stage. Because he always you know, used I, to do an electric. Yeah, and I went back and checked the, the show, five shows previously, like a couple weeks before this, was the first time he had ever done it. So it was brand new. He must have been nervous about it, man, because you would think, you know, if it, if it went off great the first night, he would have just kept doing it. Or maybe there was some sort of little hiccup or something and he it wigged him out and so he waited a few more shows. But uh, I mean, I think it sounds great, especially with that guitar he has. I think it's line six makes it where it can sound like a 12 string and nylon string, whatever. Well, at the time, it was, if I'm pretty sure in saying, and there's pictures of it, like it was just a straight acoustic guitar. There was nothing yeah. fancy about it. Like, Yeah, it I, think the, a, um, I think the, I think the, the one he plays now, okay, here, I'm, I found the photo right here. It looks like well, it looks like an ovation, but I don't think it is. I can't I can't quite tell what kind of guitar. It, it's a, what's weird yeah. is it's the same shape as that line six when he plays, but maybe yeah. it was line six. I don't know. It could, I mean, it could have been sure. Sure, let's call it that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, the one he plays now, I mean, it's got graphics all over it and stuff like that. But other than that, it just looks like a normal acoustic. I, all the stuff right. that I'm talking about obviously happens internally. So, yeah, maybe that one did have that feature. I don't know. It, it could have, but so anyway, saw something rare. So I was, I was pretty stoked. About yeah. That's that awesome. Yeah. Um, broken beat and scarred that, I mean, that song's just killer. I mm-hmm. love the, there's a lot of riffs in it. Um, but then my apocalypse, the next song that that's another one of the, the rare ones. Uh, first time, only time for me with that one. Yeah. That's cool. Yep. And then sad, sad and one. I mean, every time I've ever seen them, they've played both of those. Yeah. So, it's, but, it, but I did get my drumstick at the end of one. So that's pretty rad, though. They, I mean, was it like? Could you tell like, oh, he was just playing with those sticks, or was it from like another pile? No, he literally like, you know, the the one ends. It's like a little machine gun. Da 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 da. And he he hit the last hit on the snare, and he jumped out of his throne or his seat or whatever mm-hmm. and beelined it right to the side of the stage, right over where I was within a couple of seconds, I had the stick in my hand. Wow. That's so cool, like, man. Yeah. And I, uh, luckily I'm six foot four. So I'm a little, I'm kind of tall. <laughs> it helps and, when you're trying to catch picks or drumsticks. Yeah. And he lobbed the stick up in the air and I just, holy shit. And I remember just reached up and pulled it right out of the air. And I just, pulled it in close to me and tucked tucked in like and just held it and people were trying to grab it for a minute and i was like it's mine back the fuck off it's mine it's mine yeah man and and people were cool like it was only like a couple of seconds that they were trying to get it but once they realized i had it it was you know everyone was cool about it that's cool that's awesome um yeah so that, that was one of the two one of the 
three things that I really wanted this to happen at this show. The first one was the rail. Second, I actually called it in the car ride on the ride, the ride down to my girlfriend. I was like, I want to be on the rail. I want a drumstick. And I really, really want to hear a song that's coming up later. That is, was my bucket list song. And so, I'm, and I'm eventually going to break up with you. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, <laughs> Those by, are my goals at the Metallica show. But about, about a year later, <laughs> you're like, you know what? You weren't down with the rail, so bye-bye. <laughs> you can't hang. See you later. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Judas Kiss was really cool. That's one of those Death Magnetic songs that, like, it's cool, but it doesn't thrill me, really. Right. But it's cool. I love that, too. Yeah. yeah, and Kirk played that weird freaking guitar that he has. Oh, yeah, it's the a, weird spaceship guitar. Yeah, it looks like a oxygen canister or something that thing is it. weird yeah i remember watching one of the one of, one of the shows we did an episode on and him playing that i'm like what on earth is he playing like yeah i mean yeah. you know i think we i think we did some research on it and, and talked about it but um yeah it was just kind of odd that yeah that's the best word for it is that weird guitar and you knew exactly it, what i meant that weird one <laughs> you could yeah look like a jetpack or something yep yeah we start shooting fire like ace freely or something which that would be awesome it would be, but I don't think James would probably like that too much. <laughs> Kirk, Kirk, I'm sorry, buddy. I don't trust you to not aim that at me. <laughs> You're too in the moment sometimes, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was cool. It was fun. Um, Day That Never Comes, Master Puppets, obviously, they're going to play that every time ever, which is totally okay. That's oh. one of the ones that they play every single show that I'm all right, yeah, you got to play Master of Puppets. Have to. So, it's a must. But then I almost fell over after Master of Puppets. Uh, they started the intro tape. I had been tracking the set lists for like the last couple of weeks leading up to the show. Yeah. Um, pretty much from the moment, the first time I, heard, I listened to Justice, uh, Dyer's Eve was has been my song that's yeah man uh, my favorite metallica song by far like couldn't believe the intro tape so i i knew that they ended puppets i'm like okay if they're going to play it tonight it's going to be in this spot on the set like i knew that much right and they started the, the intro tape and i was just like, like no holy way. shit this is i really didn't happening. i didn't know how to react i honest to god was just like what's happening right now yeah and it was and according to the facts, it was the third time that Dara's Eve was played on this leg of the tour. Yeah. And they, and it's, I mean, I don't know what the number is now, but I think it's just a couple of dozen times that they've played it ever. Let's find so out, it, shall we? It's been performed 35 times. Ever. Yeah. Ever. 35 times. First time, first time wasn't until 2004. Yep. And then most recently was still 11 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, so lightning in a bottle. Holy shit, here's my song. And it was it was pretty tight. Uh kind of like with shorter straws. I was a a little uh, a little aggravated because James had a couple of vocal mix-ups. Yeah. But I didn't care. Let's, I didn't care. Let's see in com- in comparison. So 35 times they performed Ars Eve. Master of Puppets they've performed 1653 times. Yeah, I was going to say like 1800 or something like that. It's so crazy, man. I love all these facts on their website. It's just so cool, man. It's like, I know we've talked about it on the ep- episodes before, but it's a fun deep dive on their website to look at song facts, tour facts, all that stuff. There's so much cool content, man. Whoever, whoever oh, yeah. manages all this is, is a, a, a saint. Uh, you know Lars has got to have a hand in that somewhere. I mean, I'm sure all the info is stuff is, a lot of this info is from him for sure. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. but it's like you can look up every set list ever. It's like it's so yeah. cool, man. It's like, hey I'll... Lars, when's the last time you played Master of Puppets on a Tuesday right. in July? <laughs> Within a hundred miles of of Louisville, <laughs> Kentucky. <Sure>. Yeah, <laughs> man, it's crazy. Well, you see, um, well, we played that. <laughs> well, actually, um, it was actually within forty-five miles of Lexington, not Louisville. Right, right, and it was a Wednesday. That's right. It was a Wednesday matinee show <laughs> yeah so uh, yeah dyer z i mean it blew me away so excited and then it was nap time 
yeah. <laughs> right after because I needed a minute to recover. So nothing else matters right after that was I was okay with it. Yeah, for sure. It's funny that <laughs> like nothing else matters is, you know, people will describe it as like, oh, I went to go take a leak. Or I went to go uh, get another beer or whatever. I always, I've always felt that way when I've seen Metallica, when they started, I'm kind of like, okay, th- I love this song, but this is kind of like, maybe I should go to the bathroom right now. And then the second they kick into it, I'm like, no, I'm going to stay. Like, I, I yeah. like, wh- wh- why? Like, I don't want to miss any songs. That's, that's my thing. And, you know, and I, I rag on nothing else matters and enter Sandman, like in the, in the sense that I would love to go to a show and not see either of those songs because it could be two more like trashy old songs that they could play. Right. But that's not going to happen ever. Or Fixer. Yeah. <laughs> but then I ended up walking down the aisle at my wedding to a piano version of Nothing Else Matters. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> so there's there's that connection to it. Yeah, the wife okayed it. I was that's like, awesome. Okay. <laughs> What's well, your walk, not hers? Right. <laughs> I, I, wa- I walked out to Dyer's Eve. <laughs> Just kidding. That's how you do it. That would have been amazing. <laughs> it's like, all right, yeah, you and you and the guys are gonna come out. Cool, we're coming out to Dyer's Eve. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. Yeah, but they so, got you know they got to play these two songs obviously with, with nothing else matters right. than Sandman. If like, it's like Metallica not playing Inner Sandman is like Journey not playing Don't Stop Believing. Like it's you just have, exactly. you have to. Exactly. Exactly. So and then uh, the the little encore break or whatever you would call it the little intermission that was about a minute and a half long mm-hmm. and then james came out and he had something to say right with last press exactly which he does <laughs> i was like i was like pick it up come on get it get it oh i got it i got it i got it it's almost <laughs> yeah. like when he did the uh when, before they there was an era where they before they play fuel he had, had an announcement to make Oh yeah, yeah. That whole little that whole little trick. This is a cool encore, though, man. Like starting with "Last Caress." Well, yeah, and then the next song is another uh, first time, only time for me, and that that they don't play often. Was they pulled "Trapped Under Ice" out yeah. of mothballs and played it? Yeah, pretty <sighs> rad. So, pretty rad. And that, yeah, that that was they ripped it. It was fast. It was they were right on the money. Uh, sounded pretty, great pretty crazy too like i'm looking at some of the facts too you know i always say like metallica performed 18 songs from seven different albums it's pretty crazy too that they like this era they weren't playing anything off saying anger and nope. and every once in a while load and reload like maybe fuel you know but the show this show yeah. there's show there's nothing off load or reload nope nothing and i i have no complaints with the songs that they played it was just awesome I mean, dude, you get to see one of 21 performances of Trapped Under Ice. That's all they've played it? 21 times. Even they, less than Dyer's Eve. Less wow. than Dyer's Eve. They, and, but in comparison, they've played Last Caress 806 times. Yeah. <laughs> Which I've, I've seen that. I think Last Caress, I looked, um, I don't know, three or four times I've seen Last Caress. Yeah. So in my, what am I at, 18 shows now? Yeah, crazy. So, so yeah. awesome. Yeah, and then you know the extended house lights on, seek and destroy, beach balls, mm-hmm. all that. So which cool. is cool. Yeah, like you know that was their closer. You knew it was coming. Uh, but seeing them with the house lights on was cool. Yeah, man. I hope they do that in the again in the future where they close the main set with Sandman. I know I've probably talked about that too many times, but not that. And it's not a matter of like I don't want to hear Sandman. It's just I I like when they end with their biggest song and then in the encore with the exception, maybe seek and destroy, you're like, I have no idea what they're going to play where on the, on the world wired tour, it was like, it's going to be nothing else matters, a thrash slot and Sandman, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I like when, when they're doing a, a an album cycle, the, the structure of the set's the same. Yeah. There's four or five rotating spots and like that, you know, that's what they're going to do. Mm hmm the coolest thing for me and part of why I'm so excited for uh, the shows coming up, the louder than life and the 40th is when they do these one-off shows. I went to the the big four at Yankee stadium was the same way. You have no idea what they're going to play. None at all. They could do anything for sure. And that's the coolest. It's not like, okay, first two songs. I know the fifth and sixth and seventh songs. I know like, no, you just complete, no idea that's the best way to do it yeah for sure man absolutely and and and, you know look they can order their set however they want but i 
it, the next album cycle, whenever that happens, I would love to see Sandman get moved to the end of the main set. Um, and, you know, there might be some people that'll take off. They'll go, oh, they played Sandman, time to go. But I think the majority of people will still stay there. I they opened with it for a while yeah on the black album tour like and that that would be great for me yeah. i'm out of the way okay cool <laughs> it's pretty crazy they open with it because that's always in general that's like a, a, a kind of a rule you don't break you know it's like hey whatever your big song is at the, at the moment like you usually close with that yeah you know um, for sure the poison with nothing but a good time. Like yeah, something like 35 that. Thirty-five years later, they're still closing with it. Well, and especially you know, it's it seems even crazy like when they started touring the Black Album because it's like yeah, they were a big band, but they weren't a massive band, and all of a sudden you're a massive band and you're opening with your biggest hit right now. Yeah, you know, which is crazy, but um, yeah, man, I don't know. This, this is a really cool set list. Um, it's it, it, yeah, it makes me want to go. Uh, I always forget all the songs they played at the first show I saw in in '09 in Australia, but, um, it was probably very similar to this, you know, there's, you know, four or five songs from death magnetic. Other stuff sprinkled in. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm most curious, like I I often forget like what, what little gems did I get, you know, from the show I went to. Yeah. Not music related from this show, but it was my first of, I've seen two now, but it was my first birthday pie show. Yeah. Oh, cool. uh, Kirk's birthday was, this was their last show before Kirk's birthday. It was like a couple days later. Yeah. So they, they got him with the whipped cream pies and all that. So So that was cool to see. And then I saw Rob's uh, a couple of years ago on the world magnetic. Yeah. Magnetic. Well, world magnetic. Listen to me. World (laughs) wired. (laughs) Um, So so check this out. I just pulled up the show I went to. It was actually 2010. My bad. Uh, October. It was on, I saw him on my birthday. I probably haven't read this on the show in a while, but it was a pretty rad set list, man. Um, maybe nothing as crazy as you getting, you know, Dyer's Eve, but uh, so it was uh, that was just your life, end of the line, from the bell tolls, fuel, fade to black, broken, beaten, scarred, leper messiah. Oh, that's the one song I'm missing from Puppets that I, need I haven't to, seen. I need to download. <laughs> I need to download this show because I was there. It was my first show. I should probably download that. Um, Sabatru, Turn the Page, All Nightmare Long, Ooh. One, Puppets, I Got Blackened, Nothing Else Matters. So that that 13th slot must have been the thrash slot since you got Dyer's Eve, I Got Blackened. Yeah. Then it's Nothing Else Matters, Same Man. Then it was Am I Evil, Whiplash, and Seek and Destroy. That's a pretty killer set. So too. that whole encore is Kill Em All era. Yeah. Because, I mean, they, you know, they, they recorded Am I Evil back then and ended up on a different CD release, I think, in the late 80s. But, um like I, like I remember when I first got the Kill 'Em All CD, it had it had Whiplash and um, Am I Evil? And it, or wait, no, sorry, not Whiplash. It had uh, oh my, oh my God, um, uh, Blitzkrieg. Oh, uh, I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, Blitzkrieg. Blitzkrieg and Am I Evil? Yeah, we're on there, and I thought I just thought they were Metallica songs. I didn't know what cover Me songs too. were. Me too. I still have that that CD with those on it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, pretty cool. Uh, pretty cool set list. <laughs> Yeah, looked, it, was, it was awesome. I haven't looked like, at like I mean, while. they played Dire Z. I was like, I'm good. I don't ever have to see them again. They, I know, right? They played my <laughs> that was my white whale. That was you know, however, whatever you want to say. Totally, man. That and they've, uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to see them again. It's been too long. I know, it's been way too long. I know. I, it's, it, it's, it's exciting that we're you know we're getting little glimpses through interviews of them. You know, talking about the new record and and working on that and. And we don't know how far along they are. I mean, James at one point mentioned 10 songs, but that doesn't mean there's 10 songs done. You know, they might have 10 songs kind of close to ready. I don't know, but yep. it's definitely exciting. It's, I mean, it's, it's certain... been so long since I've been to a show. I know, man. Um, but that's going to change tonight because I'm going to see Guns N' Roses at Fenway Park tonight. Oh, shoot, man. That'll be awesome. Who's opening? That'll be fun. Uh, Eddie Van Halen's kid. Oh, that's right. His band. That's cool. Yeah, I'm curious to hear how, how how he'll be. I mean, I know he's an incredible musician. You know, he's he's, he's Eddie Van Halen's son, of course. But yeah, um, he yeah. was the bass player in Van Halen, man. Yeah, dude. <laughs> His last name is Van Halen. I'm sure he's a kick-ass musician. Of course he is. <laughs> yeah. Um, he seems like a cool kid too. A kid. I mean, I'm sure. I think he's probably in his late 20s or 30s at this point. But um, he seems pretty well grounded. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's cool, man. Well, yeah, definitely post about your. Guns, guns experience on the discord server for all of us to check out and Hell yeah. and uh dude thanks again for doing this man it was fun to talk about this msg show uh thanks even um yeah the, ever since i heard metal tales was a thing 
this show. I was like, I got to do this show. I got to do this show. So, yeah, man. Well, we got it done. We got it knocked out. Hell yeah. We made it. <laughs> we, we did it. Hey, everyone. Clinton Ethan here, and we want to tell you about a little thing called Patreon. Patreon is an easy and interactive way to support the people who make the things that you love. For as little as five bucks a month, you can ensure that Metal Up Your Podcast can continue to grow in quality and content. That's equivalent to a cup of coffee or a beer once a month. Not only is it easy and affordable, but we've made it a priority since day one to give back to our Patreon community. We've given away deluxe box sets, rare vinyl, black and whiskey, concert tickets to SM2 and Slang Castle, all four of our Cover Our World Black and EPs, 26 quarantine covers, and Lunar Satan demos, invitations to exclusive Zoom happy hours, the ability to ask our guests like Jay Weinberg of Slipknot, Lizzie Hale, and members of the Metallica crew your very own questions, and eligibility for our Metal Tale series where you can be a guest on Metal Up Your Podcast and tell us all about a notable Metallica show you've been to. Subscribe to Patreon today and immediately get access to years' worth of bonus content. Thank you for supporting the people who make the things that you love. Peace. Adios. I can't talk about it anymore. It's giving me a headache. Here, take two of these. Ah, new print. Little, yellow, different.